You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So you might have seen today the New England Patriots are now allegedly, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, not not of the NFL Network, of Pro Football Talk, says that Mac Jones is being shopped. And I don't mean this in a way to to disrespect Mac Jones. A, A quarterback that I was kind of fine with the Bears drafting potentially at number 20, but it is interesting to me that when you look at that quarterback class, and of course for NFL.com, I will be doing a 2021 NFL draft redo. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course, being the 1.01. The real question is, because I've seen some of these other ones where they're like Micah Parson, like stop it. Justin Fields would have been the number two overall selection if we were doing this over uh, once again. But it is interesting. Uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance has uh, lost his gig to uh, Brock Purdy and now Mac Jones being shopped around. I don't think the Bears fans understand how fortunate we are to have this quarterback and what it means for our future. And I know that I created some waves on NFL Total Access this past week. Uh, we're going to dive into that because I'm going to ask the question of Justin Fields. Is he the best quarterback in the NFC? We'll get to that right after we start the show. Sammy, let's get going. Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. And it's time for Take It to the Rank, an opportunity for the fans out there to get their questions answered, or probably not. We'll probably ignore them until the very end of the show. But we still try to get to your questions. I hope that we do a pretty good job of covering uh, all the important things that are going on with the Bears, because it's April. The draft is almost here, so we're going to dive into that. Of course, joining us tonight will be Ryan Heckman of Fansided uh, as we get his take on the Bears and, uh, of course, in a, just a matter of moments, Carmen Vitale will be joining us. But first, I want to let you know that uh, at some point in my life, I stopped buying cheap razors. And I, I dove in, and I finally got a beard trimmer from Manscaped. That's right. I know. Listen, I know what you think of that company and what they're most famous for. But their beard trimmer is actually pretty legit. And right now, uh, if you go to manscaped.com, and use the code SICKBEARS, you will get 20% off your order. And I will let you know the beard trimmer, out of control. Look how good my beard looks. Like, I look pretty dope right now because I stopped buying these cheapies off Amazon and spent some money. And, of course, they've got, you know, other products for your beard, for men's grooming. They've got boxer shorts. Like Actually, their boxer shorts are pretty legit. I might actually order some more of those. But listen, and I'm also a bald American. I can use a thing on my head as well. So listen to me. If you're tired of buying cheap razors off Amazon that you have to replace all the time, go to manscaped.com. Go check out all the variety of options they have for you. I could not be more thrilled with the beard trimmer. And so uh, that's why I've been looking pretty dope on television. All right, enough about that. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, we welcome to the show Carmen Vitale of Fox Sports, CHGO, all around badass. Like, Carmen, <laughs> how, how are you living today? Uh, I'm great. And I think you've sold me on that on Manscaped. I'm going to have to get that for my boyfriend. because He's got the beard. He needs to trim it down. And I I think he's just been, you know, going off what he finds on Amazon. So thank you very much. I 
I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, everybody, like, it's got a stigma to it. And so I avoided it for so long. And then I finally dove in and I'm like, ah, this thing's pretty nice. Is that so, Gronk and Camille commercial during, was it, was it a Super Bowl commercial? The yeah, Gronk and Camille that was, commercial? That was great. I liked it. Good. I don't know. That was pretty good. I thought it was fun. They're great. There's a great company. And use the code Sick Bears and uh, get your 20% off. Um, I also want to ask you, and I, I probably know the answer to this. I think I do. Are you Cubs or White Sox? I know that's not the most important thing in the world right now, but are you Cubs or White Sox? <laughs> it's it's timely. Hey. Um, well, I can see I can see the cell from where I well, whatever it's called now, guaranteed rate. Comiskey. Uh, yeah. from my apartment, but and I actually worked for the White Sox and I grew up a White Sox fan because I grew up directly west of the city, so I could go either way. But yeah. because I grew up directly west of the city, Cubs pre- fans were omnipresent in my life as well. I don't hate the Cubs. I don't right. hate any team that's going to bring a championship to the city of Chicago. So I'm not going to be mad that the Cubs ha- have won it more recently than the White Sox, but I just feel like no one outside Chicago likes the White Sox. So yeah. that is why I, I initially became a fan, and that's why I chose them. Fair enough. I certainly don't like the White Sox. I um, I, I grew why. up. I know as an Angels fan, uh, 2005 still looms uh, heavy in my heart. I do have fam- my family is divided. We have a lot of White Sox fans in our family, but my father, my mother, definitely Cubs people. They became Angels people when they moved us out here to Southern California. But you know, I just wanted to know. Uh, just get that out of. I just want people to know. So that they're watching and they're like, okay, we'll get to the bottom of this. But listen. I play, I conveniently play both sides. Like I will go to both Cubs and White Sox games because they're both fun. I love baseball. I worked in baseball for, for quite a while and I loved it. Oops. Yeah. Whoa. We, uh, I don't know what happened. Wow. I, I don't guess. know what happened either. I will, uh, I will tell you, I have relatives as well who say that the original Comiskey Park was better than Wrigley Field. And had they kept that ballpark and figured out a way to build on from that, it would be a bigger treasure than Wrigley. I don't know. But um, as you're working with your camera, I'm going <laughs> to... I don't know how to zoom back out. <laughs> Sammy, help me. <laughs> it's okay. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Nobody's nobody's going to complain. As long as it's not me that gets zoomed in on, I, I think we're all okay. So uh, we'll, we'll deal with this for a second. I will let you know um, either side of the... Whichever side you're on, south side, north side, we all come together. To root for the Chicago Bears. It's kind of like being in Southern California in a way where everybody, you know, is either Angels or Dodgers, but everybody roots for the Lakers like nobody roots for the Clippers. So we all come together to root for the, uh, before uh, we get an opportunity to root for the, uh, what do you say, the Lakers. But in any event, um, you know what? I'm going to bring out our guest while Carmen gets her stuff uh, situated. We'll we'll let her work on that camera and everything. But we're going to talk some some Bears. And joining us right now is a man who most may who most recently uh, made the leap, jumping headfirst into full time NFL coverage for Fan Sided, uh, where he has a huge handprint on their amazing coverage. He decided to kick away his his job at T Mobile or wherever it was, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this full time for a living. And uh, he's been crushing it ever since, doing a lot of great coverage for Fan Sided. But ultimately, he is still a Bears fan at heart, and we brought him in tonight to talk about the Bears. So please help uh, help us welcome Ryan Heckman of Fan Sided. There he is, Ryan. How are you? How you living? I'm good, man. Uh, uh, you know the draft is just a few weeks away. The Bears have a lot of picks. Ryan Poles is hearing his praises sung all around. Life's good, man. Life's good. And for the record, Carmen, I gotta go Cubs. Uh, we we won our one championship, you know, in the last 108 years, and that's apparently good enough for us. So. Uh, we got we got one. We got one. Yeah, it is. It, it is weird when you start getting further and further away because you feel like once you've reached that that uh, apex, you're like, hey, I don't care anymore. And then as you get far away, you're like, I would actually like to win again. I yeah. I think that's why I hate the White Sox so much, because I thought that the 2005 Angels were so good that it was very disappointing. But um, I did want to jump into something that you said. Ryan Poles, he is getting a lot of praise like it feels it feels weird in a way, like how much love the Bears are getting. Is it has it been unusual for you, Ryan? It has, uh, mostly because, uh, I mean, you'll remember just a year ago, uh, not even a year ago after the offseason, there were a lot of people who were asking the question, what happened? What did, what did he do? Uh, why did he not draft a receiver in the second round? Why did he 
draft Velas Jones Jr. And, you know, he's older than how many guys on the roster. A lot of questions, a lot of blame being put on polls in his first season. And um, I encourage anybody to go back through my tweets a year ago and look for me saying things like, just wait. This year is going to stink. It's going to stink. It's all a part of the plan. And now, now it's funny because the tables have turned and we're seeing national outlets, you know, again, singing his praise, giving him kudos. You look everywhere at the big winners of the offseason so far. And again, you win the offseason, you don't win a championship. Just ask Washington. But <laughs> it is nice to see polls get so much credit. And as a Bears fan, it is weird. It is weird. Don't let don't let Carmen hear that optimism. She'll come in and just squash it immediately. That's uh, what we do. I squashed no, I squashed the the Bears are winning nine games this season. That was coming from this one over here, whichever way he is. Uh, that was I was just I tempered the expectations, much like Matt Lafleur just did with the Packers and Jordan Love. Yeah. Trying to temper expectations because yeah, I saw that coming too. I mean. There is a process. The, the, Ryan Poles was not dealt a very good hand. So yeah. it takes a little bit longer to strip away what you need to strip away, evaluate what you need to keep, and then actually build your team. And wh- now we're finally getting the building stages. I feel like we're now past the tearing down and evaluating stages. But I was just tempering expectations. Right, okay. That's fair. That's a fair assessment of that. It is, it's kind of reminiscent, or not reminiscent, but there's a place, a local uh, eatery by my house called taco surf. One of my beloved, one of my beloved stops had a fire recently and, uh, they had gone through the tear down of the burnt parts. And then today when I was driving by the new frame is going up and that's how it feels about the Chicago bears right now, the new frame is coming up. So Ryan, I, I listen, I don't want to get after you right off, right off the job, but, uh, in one of your most recent articles, you explored five positions. The bears do not need to draft listing running back, quarterback, obviously, uh, tight end, kicker. So I guess that means you're out on Robbie Gold, which is fine because I'm with you on that one. I like Cairo. But you said no wide receiver. And Carmen and I have both stated that we love the idea of taking Jackson Smith and Jigba with the number nine if the team stays there. Uh, Why are you saying no? So this is one of those instances where I tried to think – with my head and not my heart. <laughs> One of the things I, w- I was going to ask both of you tonight is related to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And um, part of me would love Ryan Poles to get just so greedy at number nine and take them because why not? You know, you... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Who are you going to defend out there? And and for the sake of Justin Fields' continued de- development, you take who I think is the best receiver in the draft. Why not? Now, looking at it from the perspective of needs, best player available, yada, 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 um, you've got DJ Moore, obviously, as your clear-cut one. You've got Mooney and Claypool. The Bears traded for Claypool. And there is the idea that, well, you know, both of them are – free agents next year talking about Mooney and Claypool who are you going to resign probably not both maybe it's Claypool because they feel obligated to back up the draft capital they traded to go get him um so could they use a receiver sure would it be cool to see polls again get super greedy and go after a wide receiver like Jackson absolutely do they need to right now for the sake of this season 
Not necessarily. But again, I am not against it. Poles makes that pick, and I'm immediately writing how it's a home run. So I will backtrack so fast, and I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> That's – I mean, it, it was one of those things where we had the conversation of – is this a good value also? I mean, I, if you have Jalen Carter sitting there at nine, which I just talked about today, how I like, I don't think that's going to happen, but if that happens, then obviously like that's out, out the window. You, I, we've seen from Ryan polls that he values value over pretty much everything else. Yep. And my, I think our reasoning and my reasoning at least was this is again, a year where you are trying to get an evaluation on Justin Fields. He is working with a new crop of receivers for the most part, at least his top ones. Jackson Smith and Jigba would be that balance of a new guy coming in that's very talented, but he's familiar. And I think that that is going to help Justin Fields immediately to the point where they are going to be able to get a better evaluation if he has. Listen, if you don't give him a single excuse this year, which I think is their priority, do not give Justin Fields a single excuse you are giving him all of these weapons. If you can't make something work with these guys, then you have your evalu- your evaluation becomes very easy of if he's the franchise player, if he's the franchise quarterback that you hope he is. But I just think that Jackson Smith and Jigba, in particular because of his history with Justin, is an interesting case. I don't know that I'm okay with any receiver at nine. I really do think it's specifically Jackson Smith and yeah. Jigba. Or you go with a guy that, yes, maybe provides – better value at one of the plethora of other (laughs) positions that you have a need at as well. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And um, I love your point about giving fields no excuses this year. And I think the one excuse that fans might walk away with after day one, at least if they go wide receiver is, but what about the offensive line? What about the right tackle position? And we could say, well, they're, they're going to go after a guy like either Bergeron or maybe Darnell Wright on day two or three, uh, probably not three for uh, Bergeron. But in the second round, you could go after a tackle like that. But you could also get maybe the best tackle, pure tackle, not talking about Skronsky, in the draft and getting Paris Johnson. And thus, he has no excuse on the right side there and still plenty of receivers to work with, which talk about things that sound weird as a bears fan, plenty of receivers. Yeah, that would see, that's the thing. And, and it, it just makes your offense a lot different. And I use this point on total access last week, cause I was getting challenged on this point, rightfully. So, and I, I, I go to what the Cincinnati Bengals did and you look at what they did. They, they had a choice between Jamar chase and Penny Sewell and Penny Sewell has been a great player. Like that is a great pick for the Detroit lions. It has worked out well for them. There's nothing wrong with him. But my my whole point is that the Bengals don't go to the Super Bowl if they don't have Jamar Chase. They just don't. And I think that they're a much better team with Jamar Chase, and they're figuring it out now. And they've done enough. Like, the offensive line has struggled for Cincinnati to where, like, you would be able to say, like, you know, Justin still should be able to find somebody. So I think that, again, I love what Carmen's saying about, like, eliminate the excuse factor. And it's a little bit of tough love. You know, the Bears fans, especially us, I would say us three have been pretty much like, hey, we we back Justin Fields. You know, we don't want to we're not trading him. We're not drafting Bryce Young. We're not doing any of that stuff. But at the same time, like, okay, Justin, you have to kind of show us now. And I think that he will. I personally think that he will. I'm not worried about it. But I get the same point. Um, It does. It does help Justin kind of eliminate the excuses. One other way, too, because when you're talking about surrounding him with offensive talent, uh, you said don't draft a running back. I've seen some theories. Uh, some of our friends have even floated the idea of, of drafting with John Robinson at number nine. I think all three of us would be a hard pass on that. What about somebody like Jameer Gibbs? If he fell to the second round, he is considered the best pass catching back in this draft. Would you take a look at him if he somehow manages, and I expect him to, be available in the second round? I th- I would think about it if he's there at 61. I'm not quite sure I would go that route at 53. But if he's still hanging around there at 61 and you're thinking he's about to drop to the third round, yeah. then, yeah, I think if you're Ryan Poles and you're looking at value, again, like Carmen said, you would you would have to pull the trigger there. I, I, I would not be opposed to that just because the value is there. Um, again, there, there comes a point where – 
value trumps everything. Um, if there's a player there that you think has no business being there at 61, you take him. Um, at 53, again, like Carmen said, if they go if they go receiver at nine with Jackson, then at 53, I think you're taking a hard look at tackle. Yeah. Um, and then you know you get yourself into the situation at 61 where Gibbs is there, but then you haven't gone defensive line yet. It's it's a tough situation. You'd like to think a lot of the holes on this roster are shored up in terms of starters, at least. But it, it's it's tough. I, I think I would take him if he was there at 61 and just figure out the rest later, so to speak. But he would be tough to pass up. I just think because he's that pass catching back, though, that adds to his value in this offense specifically and what he can do for Justin. Because if you're not going to be totally secure with your offensive line talent at this point and you're gonna have to ask justin to get himself out of situations make really quick decisions give him a short quick passing game to work with a really good way to do that is to have a really good pass catching running back that he can dump the ball off to and i just think that if you have and i'm not sure that their running back by committee approach right now lends itself to that because khalil harbert could end up being a really good pass catching back we've seen him do some of it and but then you've got Deontay Foreman, who, again, has done some of it. But none of these guys are really like the true guy, a guy that can run routes and can be relied on in short, quick passing game. And so I just think that a guy like Jameer Gibbs, who can give you that, is going to be very valuable, maybe more valuable than a normal running back would be just because of the fact that that is, again, eliminating the excuse factor that is giving Justin something to fall back on if his line does break down, if he needs to get himself out of trouble. And with this offense kind of going and feeding off of play action, which I think we're going to see more of this year as well, you need to establish a really good, well-rounded ground game to do that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that too, because obviously Gibbs has been compared to Alvin Kamara, who when he joined the New Orleans Saints, they already had a backfield. It had Mark Ingram, and Adrian Peterson, and people thought it was kind of a luxury pick, and of course he went out and did what he did. It's funny, Ryan, because you're talking about like, yeah, they haven't addressed the defensive line. Let me ask you, because it feels like, and I know I'm throwing this at you last second, but it feels like when when Carmen, what you said about like giving Justin Fields like no, no excuses, almost to the point of like maybe the defense doesn't quite get addressed in this draft because they're going to be so focused on Justin Fields. I mean, does that make sense? I I, I kind of think like as, as Carmen spoke that five minutes ago, I'm like, God, that's a really good point. And I think that they could end up like not drafting defensive linemen or doing something crazy like that. It does make sense to me. Um, and I think it depends on how this next wave of free agency goes too, because uh, I, I don't know. It, it occurred to me today that, uh, a guy like Donovan Smith was still a free agent. And I go, wait a second. <laughs> I think he's not even 30. Um, yeah. So they could, go out and, they could go out and sign a guy like Donovan Smith to play a right tackle, who's been just a Mr. Consistent in Tampa for a few years now. And that takes care of that. And then they have a whole lot of freedom to, again, give Justin no excuses. Um, when it comes to the argument for Gibbs as well, I just wonder – uh, because we haven't talked about Travis Homer at all. I wonder what his role is going to be beyond special teams, if not just special teams. I I think they brought him in to take 100% of the special teams load off of Khalil Herbert's back so that Khalil can then, you know, he can be a, a first and second down back on some drives and, and then on other drives come in on third down and be that pass catching back, which we've seen him do at times. He's a lot more shifty. You know, that's why they liked him on third down in favor of Monty, you know, last year mm -hmm. and the year before. But, um, gosh, you know, if they if they went Gibbs and they kept, you know, the three backs they have right now plus Gibbs, and I guess that means Tristan Abner is the, the odd man out, obviously. But if they went that route and they kept four backs, there's a very diverse group of backs there that, again, to the original point we're talking about, it eliminates all excuses for Justin, at least at the running back position. I do want to point out that one thing about the defense though, in that that is also part of Justin Fields development. Having a defense to lean on is 
extremely important for a developing quarterback because then you don't find yourself behind as often. You don't find yourself having to make, play catch up and score a ton of points. You can focus on your offensive plan. And if you can give them the opportunity, if the defense can give the offense the opportunity to play with a lead co- consistently, that is going to help Justin Fields' development tremendously. I always point to when, because I, Growing up in Chicago, there's probably a symptom of growing up in Chicago where I place an inordinate amount of importance on defense across the board. But yeah. then I think you've seen that when you have these younger quarterbacks that are starting to develop. As far back, even you know, in my lifetime, in my football consciousness, as Tom Brady's first years with the New England Patriots, he doesn't win those first two or three Super Bowls if it's not for the defense on the other side of the ball. It wasn't the Tom Brady show yet. Tom Brady wasn't who he was yet. I'm not True. suggesting that Justin Fields is turning into Tom Brady. But... I've already noted that. <laughs> right down. I know. I'm like, I know. I know you, Adam. You're going to twist that around, and all of a sudden, Gar- I'm Garmin tweeting it. Justin Fields is going to turn into Tom I'm Brady. Tweeting it right now. I'm not saying that. I am saying, however, though, that especially with a defensive coach, I have to think that that is still going to be a priority at some point. Now, you can't do everything this year, and I think that goes back to the original point of this year. Maybe the focus is a little bit more on offense because you don't want to give Justin Fields any sort of excuses. But I do think that there will still have to be some holes on the defense addressed, at least from a starting perspective, to make sure that you have a defense that's going to hold up and not force Justin to have to score 30 points a game. Yeah, we're sitting here fantasy booking a draft where we get Jackson Smith and Jigba. We we signed uh, we signed Donovan Smith. Uh, we draft Jameer Gibbs, and then what? In actuality, happens is we draft Christian Gonzalez. We draft. <laughs> two defensive linemen in the second round and we don't even go anywhere near the <laughs> offense. It's very, I mean, that's, it, it's very possible because Pulse showed this last year that he's very willing to go in on the defense, especially early in the draft. I think one thing we can agree on, we're not taking Anthony Richardson, right? Like we don't have to worry about Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. We're good. We're yeah. Good. Anthony Richardson isn't going to be available at nine anyway. So. <laughs> I, I tell you that would be okay. That's, that's a story for another day. I have a piece coming out sure. on NFL.com. Uh, check it out this week. It's my mock draft with a twist. It's not a predictive piece. It's about what teams should do. I don't recommend any team drafting Levis or Richardson because especially for me, like I love drafting. I like all the top cornerbacks going in the first round because we've seen the yeah. NFL move that way. That's what I would recommend uh, moving forward. But you can check that out on NFL.com this week, NFL.com slash rank, or uh, just check out the NFL.com homepage do uh while i'm shamelessly promoting stuff that i do for the nfl network uh you might have noticed the other day on nfl total access i was asked to rank the top quarterbacks in the nfc if you saw the clip now we were taking phone calls we were taking phone calls from fans (laughs) out there i we didn't know because brian baldinger goes i don't want to know what's being thrown at us or anything like that so and of course the kid who did mine was so funny. He's like, of course, Justin Fields is the top guy in the NFC. So who are the, who, how would you rank the rest of them? And so I'm not going to go back on that. So I'm like, okay, Justin <laughs> Fields. And then whatever I said, they make into a graphic. That's yeah, like, so yeah. And I'm like, okay. But again, like, I just own, like, whatever, I'll own it. And I'm like, you know what? Like, if I'm basing this on how I think they're going to finish this season, I can make a really good case for Justin Fields, especially if we think the draft goes offensively or anything like that. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. But what I want to do right now is I want to play a guy, I play a game called this guy or that guy. Uh, who's the guy? And I will give you the name of an NFC quarterback, and you say this guy or that guy. That guy, of course, being Justin Fields. And uh, Carmen, we'll start with you. If I gave you a choice of Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields, who are you taking? You're gonna get me in trouble. Oh my I'm taking, god. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. I am. I'm taking Kirk Cousins and I will tell you why. This he threw for over 4500 yards last year. 29 touchdowns. 7 of his last 11 seasons he has thrown for over 4000 yards. He has the track record. I know what you're going to say about him in big games and this and that and the other. But before I can be totally sold on Justin Fields in the immediate future, he needs to show me consistency. We can't – I have the utmost confidence that Justin Fields can turn into this dual-threat quarterback that we all think he can be. But until he shows me that, I can't, with good conscience, 
take him over a guy who just made his he's coming off his second pro bowl in a row i'm sorry you're gonna get like i said you're gonna be in trouble but i'm not sorry because i talk to me in 2025 and then and then we at the earliest and then we can have this conversation and see if justin fields has has matured Two minutes ago, you just said Justin Fields is the second coming of Tom Brady. And now you've already. See, Ryan, you're you're bearing witness to this. You've thrown him aside for Kirk Cousins. So if Justin Fields is Tom Brady. So now the transitive property is that I'm taking Kirk Cousins over Tom Brady. Is that where the transitive property is? Um, Ryan, I'll allow you to rebuttal if you want to. Or if you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you don't want to jump into the waters, I understand. But what do you think? Just wait till he comes for you, Ryan. Just wait. Uh, this is tough because I have lived. What in is a- happening? I I know, man. If you only knew, I, I wouldn't have been allowed. Uh, I've lived in Minnesota most of my life, and so trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can the last few years with all of the Vikings fans I know that are sick of Kirk Cousins that get on him about big games and. And whatever, whatever narrative you've read and want to believe about Kirk Cousins, I have stuck with the fact that up until Fields, I said, man, I would kill to have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins in Chicago. That's true. Absolutely. You talk about a guy who finished in Washington, even like with no offensive line. There was a point in time, I don't remember what year it was, Adam, you might, but there was there was a point in time where they were bringing offensive linemen off the street to play a primetime game uh, to help try and protect if that's what you want to call it Kirk Cousins yeah and that year at least if if you're talking like fantasy stats which they do matter Kirk Cousins still ended up in like the top six of most relevant quarterback fantasy stats and he had nothing in front of him protecting him and since that season I've I've thought you know I would kill to have a guy like Kirk Cousins in Chicago and so based on the success that he's had the last couple of years Yes, take out a couple of the big moment, you know, oopsies that he's had. I, I would still take Cousins. Now, ask me a year from now. No, I'm asking could... you right now. I this know is... you are. I he's know. Head. I he's know. Head. Like, I he know. is, he's a more, like, hokey version of Jay Cutler. Like, where you're like, yeah, okay. Like, they're going to get, although I, I think Jay Cutler is better. But I, like, he's a good quarter. Like, Kurt, there's, this is not to slam Kirk Cousins. Who I think is Sounds an excellent. Like he's he's a fine quarterback, but he is what he is. It's like, listen, he's a Nissan Ultima. It's like, that's ah, fine. That's cool. I drive a Nissan Ultima. It's fine. But if you were <laughs> gonna give me like a brand new, like, hey, Volkswagen's coming out with the ID4 van, it could be epic. It could be awful. I'll take the epic or awful, the variance that we're gonna get with Justin Fields as opposed to like the the mid card of what we're getting out of Kirk Cousins. That's just me. That's the way I live my life. So, uh, okay, I'm the worst. I, I honestly, I hate this game now. I thought this was going to go. I completely. Well, let's see how we go, Ryan. Uh, I'll give you another situation: Jared Goff or Justin Fields. I can't wait to hear this. Um, gosh, I got to give Goff props for how he played last year, and it was fun watching the Lions' ascension. It was, but uh, I will, I will take Fields here. I will take Fields. Uh, I I do feel like I I do feel like Goff is still prone to more mistakes than Cousins. As funny as that might sound to a lot of Vikings fans, Cousins yeah. has played very good football the last couple of years in in totality. Uh, and and Goff did play a, a good football season last year. He was he was very solid. But I will take the upside here. We'll use that word. You probably have not heard that word at all in the last few weeks. No 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 no. Um, I will take the upside of fields, um, the athleticism, and just judging based on how many mistakes we've seen Goff make in the past. He's made great throws. Again, he's he's kind of reminded me a lot of Cutler over the years where he'll make some good throws and then he'll have games where you're like, what are you doing? Um, but I will, take, I will take fields over Goff. I'm afraid to look at the comments right now. Is it me or is it – what is happening? Is it me or is it them? Is it me or is it them? Let me know. Let me know in the comments who this. <laughs> uh, okay, you can plead the fifth on this one if you want, because I, oh, I have another one. I'll stand by okay. my opinions. All right, please, Jared. How Goff many points? Please Fields. tell me. 
Please tell me how many points through the first half of the season were the Detroit Lions scoring on average. I'll give you a hint. It was over 30. Over 30 points. The Lions were not losing earlier in the season last year because of their offense. And, I mean, he had a really good ground were game. the Bears? What? Once that New England Patriot game hit, Justin Fields, that team was averaging over 30 points a game. Okay. But what were Justin's stats? What was Justin doing? How was Justin scoring those points? It wasn't. It wasn't through. It wasn't through the air. It wasn't again having a top three season of his career. At this point, I'm going for the same reason I just said Kirk Cousins. Goff has shown me, especially recently, and since, especially since he got to the Lions, consistency and production. In he's made it work with the guys around him. And utilizing the guys that he has, and he's the he's the commander of that offense. So I just I right like I said, 2025. After Justin has thrown for a four thousand yard season, then you can come talk to me about which of these guys I would take. Because yeah, at this point, I would still take Kirk or J- or Jared. Sorry guys, I'm sorry. This is you know what? Sometimes <laughs> I I think that I plan a really fun day with my two children. <laughs> And it just goes excessively awry. Like things just go wrong. One calamity after another. That's what it feels like. Always for the side of chaos, Adam. You should know this by now. Oh my gosh. This is what I get. I'm never sending a rundown again. Uh, The real question is though, are you going to threaten, are you going to threaten us? Like a lot of parents will threaten their kids if they're fighting and arguing and have bad attitudes and whining. Like you would say, you know what? If this doesn't stop, we're not going to the candy store. or We're not going to the movie. Are we going to get kicked off the show here in a minute? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, back you know, to this, a monologue. <laughs> this might, yeah, this might just go back to the cold open. Um, it's fun, yeah, guys. It's fun while it lasted. I pissed yeah. off oh the last time. Wait, Sammy's saying to wrap up now. We're running out of time. Uh, no, I, I can't believe I'm going to ask this. I, I now I okay. First of all, if you put Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff on the Bears last year. I don't think that they have very good seasons, but that's not the question. That's not the exercise that we're playing. I I, I can't wait to hear Carmen's answer for this one because I thought that this was ridiculous even bringing it up, but maybe it's not. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Justin Fields, Carmen? Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to take anything away from Brock Purdy and the success that he has, but wins are not a quarterback stat, and Brock Purdy was the beneficiary of that team around him. Again, I do not want to take anything away from him because being no. Mr. Irrelevant and winning out for the 49ers in the regular season is an accomplishment. And I just, I, I commend him for that, but I am absolutely going to go Justin Fields on that. All right. All right. Because we got, we got Justin Fields finally gets on the board. Okay. Uh, Ryan on that team in San Francisco with the Shanahan run scheme and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey at his disposal, that would be like, I would love that. I'm salivating at the thought of that. Uh, So if you're going to use that kind of thought, that that was my barometer for answering this question was, all right, if you put Justin Fields in that situation, he would diversify that run scheme even more. My God, I would like, I'm sure that Shanahan would have loved to have a guy like Justin Fields that could do both. Um, But I'm going to go Justin Fields. So there he, uh, yeah. If only the 49ers had a chance to draft him, uh, Ryan, where are we? Brock, Brock Purdy or Justin Fields? That's easy. It's Fields. I, I completely agree. I mean, there was a point in time watching the 49ers last year where you go, does it matter who's playing quarterback for a Kyle Shanahan team? They I'm, almost, they almost won the NFC championship game without a quarterback, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going fields. I, I agree completely. That was close. Yeah, the NFC Championship game was a little bit closer than it should have been. Ryan, what about Dak Prescott or Justin Fields? This is an interesting one, and I'm I'm going to give this question some context. I'm going to answer this based on the second half of the season, mm-hmm. which I know you will appreciate, post-New England game. Um, Dak, to me, looked broken the last several weeks of the year. Um, I think we remember, you know, the way the season ended – to me, he just he didn't look like the same guy. Meanwhile, Justin Fields is setting the world on fire still, mostly with his legs. Sure, I'll give you that point to any of the haters out there. But 
I'm going to take Fields over Dak right now because Ooh. of the way they the way they ended the season. Mm-hmm. You asked me mid-season last year before Dak started to look super inconsistent, and obviously it's Dak. I mean, but he did finish the season in in just kind of a weird way. He didn't look the same. He finished with the lowest passing yardage on a per game basis because um, he didn't play the whole season, but on a per game basis of the last five years of his career um, by a pretty wide margin, comparatively speaking. Uh, and so just in terms of being able to score points and looking at who Fields had around him versus you know, Dallas had some talent around Dak. There's no question. I mean, even Cooper Rush won some games. So I'm taking Fields based on how they ended the season and just the fact that Dak did not look right to me. Hopefully he's right this year. Nothing against Dak. I hope he's right this year for his sake, but I'm taking fields based on how they ended the season. Hmm. Carmen, you won't hurt me with this one. Cause I'm a, I'm actually a big Dak fan. So it's I, no, I, li- I like Dak a lot coming off of the injury. Yes. And I also need, think you need to take into account that they made a change at offensive coordinator after the season because of the unimaginative play calling they were doing the same things over and over again. It was very vanilla to the point where other teams were like calling out their plays. They're like, they're going to do this, this, and this. He did have CD lamb. He did have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, but outside of CD, you really had nothing. I mean, the team traded away Amari Cooper. It was, there was no, there was nothing left of that wide out room for Dak Prescott to work with much less after coming off of injury, probably sooner than he probably, he should have. And just the disjointedness of what the play calling was going to be. And it, it, I just think that there was a lot more factors that went into the decline last season for Dak. And I do believe that Dak is a top 15 quarterback in this league. And I'm just not sure that Justin's there yet. But oh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would probably still go with Dak. I, I like Dak a lot, probably more than most. Okay. Uh, what about Derek Carr? Uh, the new quarterback of the New Orleans Saints a couple of years ago. There were rumors that Derek Carr might be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Uh, would you rather have made that trade for Derek Carr? Or would you rather have Justin Fields? Is this me first? Am I up first? Yes, Carmen. You're up, Carmen. Uh, I'm, no, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. If there is one thing that I do not need selling on with Justin Fields, it is his leadership skills, and that's probably my biggest question mark about Derek Carr. So I am taking Justin Fields for the sole purpose that I believe he's a leader of men. He's wonderful in the locker room. All of the guys love playing with him. I have not heard the same about Derek Carr. So I think that skill-wise, they can probably be at about the same level this next year. And I'm going to take the leader. I'm going to take the guy that can galvanize his team much more than I'm going to take a guy that maybe can't. That's my hot take on Derek Carr. I love it. Ryan, how about you? Um, I've, I've actually been a fan of Carr for a while, and I like who he is uh, off the field and what he represents. But I would still take Fields mostly because watching Carr the last couple of years with different offensive coordinators, you know, different minds running the offense, there's a lot of times where I find myself watching him and being able to see, at least from my perspective, I can't see it from his perspective, but from my the fans' perspective watching the games – seeing, you know, the read he should make and he makes the other one and time and time and time and time again. And he's such an easy guy to root for, at least for me, that you just hate seeing that. But I just wondered for a while, was it the offense that he was in? And then, you know, the changes that were made after Gruden left, you go, okay, different offense or different you know system, maybe. I still saw a lot of the same things where decision-making wasn't there. Now, not to say that Justin's the best decision-maker yet, because he's not, and that's an area he needs to improve, especially just being more decisive in, its, you know, in and of itself. But I think I'm going to go Fields just because of the fact that Carr seems like he's on the decline, and he just he's just meh to me at this point in his career. Fair enough. Um, Ryan, how about Matthew Stafford? The best NFC quarterback over the last decade. No way Tom Brady played in the NFC. Scratch that. I, you know what? Matthew Stafford, I will say this. Why does he not get the love of like Aaron Rodgers? Like he's, he throws for as many yards. He has as many Super Bowl titles as Aaron Rodgers. Just putting it out there. But in any event, would you rather have Matthew Stafford 
or Justin Field. Broken down Matthew Stafford, mind you. We don't even know if he's going to play this year. I'm of the mind. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Like they, I everybody assumes he is, but I'm like, is he? I don't know. But would you rather have Matthew Stafford or Justin Fields? Yeah, if if you could guarantee me that Stafford is 100 right, I would go Stafford. Um, to answer your question, why he doesn't get the love? I mean, I think we can answer I that. Know why. I know why. We can we can answer that pretty simply because Detroit and end of story. Uh, but right in now, LA for that matter. Sorry, Rams. No. <laughs> Hundred percent. Like nobody else didn't cares. care that they won. <laughs> nobody cares, honestly. Nobody. And you know what? And that's St. Louis cares. I feel now. Saints forget St. Louis. <laughs> uh, I. But that's what the NFL gets for not having a team in LA. We all were forced to fend for ourselves, and so some of us had hometowns that we could go back to and root for, and other people just were like, "Oh, Randy Moss is awesome. I'm a Vikings fan." The Patriots are winning Super Bowls. I'm a Patriots fan. They did this to themselves. So uh, that's why he doesn't get the love. I know. It's hard to judge. What do you think, Carmen? I mean, assuming Matthew Stafford's yeah. going to play? Yeah, assuming he's going to play. But I also – I think there's too many external factors. Like, it, is he going to have a line in front of him? Because that land, yeah. that Rams offensive line was in constant mm-hmm. shuffling. Probably more – it was probably the one team the that shuffled more than the Bears did. And I trust Justin Fields to get out of trouble behind a crumbling offensive line more than I do Matthew Stafford. So I, but I think I get, I mean, but at the same time, Matthew Stafford, his arm, his pure passer, his accuracy, yada, yada, yada. That's all wonderful as well. So it just kind of depends on your scheme, your system, what you have in front of him. As it currently stands, I think I'm taking Justin Fields just because I know he's healthy and I know that he can get out of trouble he's going to have help along the line more and he's going to have more weapons around him and stuff like that this, this coming season. And I trust him to be able to figure out how to get out of trouble and maybe utilize what he has available to him this year, which is going to be a lot more. All right. Well, that is uh, going to lead us to the final quarterback, which, and by the way, the way this is set up, uh, I thought this was going to be a clean sweep for Justin Fields. At least it is in my mind. Um, it did not quite work out that way. Okay. Um, so now I'm going to have to sit here and listen to Justin Fields get dragged for another four minutes while you talk about how great Jalen Hurts is. But I will say this at the end of the season, I think that we're going to see Justin Fields being better. But of course, um, Carmen, why don't you go ahead? Start us off with how great Jalen Hurts is. He's phenomenal. He turned out to be everything you wanted him to be. He left absolutely. I know they didn't win that game, but he left no doubt in the Philadelphia front office's mind of what kind of quarterback he is and who he can be. He just blossomed like a flower and he's in a system that is tailored to him. Everything just fell into place and he took care of the football. I think that was a big knock against him before. I mean, threw for 22 touchdowns against six interceptions. So, and then can also use his legs. He's further along in the process than Justin is. He has a system around him that he's super comfortable in that was tailored towards him. He's just an all around, well-developed, very deserving quarterback. And I hope he gets the bag. So there. You're well. Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. And I've been a Jalen Hurts guy since, since he was, you know, a, a rookie. I mean, before he was a rookie, I wanted the Bears to draft him. And 100%. I, I remember saying so, you know, on, on Twitter and getting dragged for it. And I go, no, I this- did. I did too. It was all over my Instagram and Twitter. Like yeah. I wanted, I wanted Jalen Hurts no. as well. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I said, this guy's got it. I, I really believe it. And, you know, we saw the blueprint laid out by Philly last year and what they did going out and, you know, getting AJ Brown. I mean, we've seen, we've seen the blueprint set out by a couple of teams. And so, yes, Hertz is the guy right now. I think we could be looking at a very similar situation for fields at the end of the 2023 season where he takes that leap because polls went out and got DJ Moore because hopefully he goes out and, and improves the line just a little bit more. He goes out and gets all the necessary, um, additives to that offense for fields to, you know, like Carmen's point a while ago to have no excuses. And so right now it's hurts, but I do think that he could have a very similar trajectory. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's funny because we had Mike Garofolo on this show, uh, during the NFL season. And he pointed out that the Philadelphia Eagles, the team 
brought in Gardner Minshew last year because they were not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts being the guy. Like, even in the building, they were not completely convinced they had Gardner Minshew there as a as a as a backup plan uh, as it turned out obviously Jalen Jalen Hurts played very well what we all the three of us expected of him coming out of Oklahoma and then Matt Harmon was on a couple of weeks ago talking about the impact that DJ Moore can have on this team because Justin Fields is now going to have an ex receiver that he knows you you watch a lot of those highlight plays that when you know when Justin Fields is trying to escape and get out of trouble He's going to have the ability to know that the DJ Moore is going to be available for him. He's going to be a reliable guy near the goal line. So we don't have a situation like we did in the Monday night game against the commanders. So I think that I am more going off of projection and like, this is what I think is going to happen. Honestly, like what you're saying about Kirk cousins and golf and you know what? And that even, even Dak, like, Justin has to go out and, and prove it. Kind of what we talked about when we were talking about who we're drafting, why we why we want to draft wide receivers. So I completely understand that. This actually was fun. I I I'm teasing you. Uh, I'm glad we did this. It was a lot of fun to do this. Uh, let's have Sammy. I know that we. I know we usually do bring on. What are the fans saying, Sammy? Ryan, can you hang out? Can you hang out? Yeah. You have to go. Okay. I just want to make you listen. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I invited you over, but I didn't want you to be like, bro, I thought I was doing 15 minutes. Like every once in a while, you're like, hey, come on my show. You're like, okay. And you're like, dude, it's been two hours. Let me go. Um, <laughs> but as long as you uh, don't mind taking a couple of questions from the uh, the fans, what do we got, Sammy? Uh, is, it, is it true? Are most teams in the top 10 taking Carter off their draft boards? Uh, Carmen, I'll ask you. Uh, I saw a report today that the Raiders were doing that. What have you been hearing? No, no, not, not even close. And he's probably justified in only taking visits with the top 10 team with the teams that are picking in the top 10, because again, I don't want, I'm not condoning the situation that he found himself in, in Georgia. Uh, It was a very serious situation. And I think that it could potentially speak to character issues, but if there are no more legal issues that come out of this, and in doing their due diligence, teams find this is not a pattern of behavior out of Dylan Carter's part, on Jalen Carter's part. He is a, and I, I hate throwing around this word, but from everybody I've talked to, coaches, scouts, everyone, he is a generational talent. He is someone that doesn't exist in the NFL right now. He is a big, giant version of, I don't want to put this on him either. I don't want to put Aaron Donald on him. But he is one of those guys that is big enough and strong enough to bull rush you up the middle, but has every pass rush rush move in his arsenal, knows his leverage, can flip his hips, use his feet in a way that an outside player usually does and an edge rusher usually does. And that combination, it's not as much as I love Vita Vea, Vita's big and he takes up space and he's very athletic. But Jalen Carter's athleticism and his toolbox goes beyond what something like Vita can do. So when you have a guy like that, I get that there are off the field issues. I'm not trying to minimize them, but a track record will show you that the NFL has a short memory when it comes to stuff, especially if all of that is buttoned up now and we don't hear about it until the end of this month. We don't hear any more about it through the end of this month. Yeah. And Carmen and I, we talked about this last week where, Detroit and Seattle seem like great fits for him. Uh, seems impossible though. He'll get past either one of those teams, but Ryan, let me ask you if he was available for the bears at number nine, I know we were talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, would you go after Jalen Carter? Do you have any problems with making that move? Oh, you take him at nine. Easy. That's, that's an easy decision. Um, I think in my mind, if I'm a GM, if I'm Ryan Poles, uh, again, like Carmen said, not to condone it, uh, but doing all the reading, uh, all of the the information that's been released, he was cooperative. He wasn't drinking. Um, he didn't leave the scene until he was told he could leave the scene. If this was, let's say, a domestic issue, yeah, I'd be out 100%. Mm-hmm. At least that's just me. Maybe yeah. some teams wouldn't, but yeah. Domestic violence issue, anything along those lines, done. See you later. But by all accounts, he was cooperative. This isn't a pattern. Um, I, I'm honestly, I'm just as concerned about a lot of the talk that he 
tends to take some plays off, that he doesn't yeah. give it 100% on every single snap. I'm just as concerned about that as I would be about this off-the-field incident. But and, in terms of the talent, yeah, I, number nine, there's no way he's there. And I think, like Carmen mentioned, Detroit, that would be terrifying. And I think that's a total oh, Detroit man. move to make. The way they've stacked defense over the last couple of years, Yeah, you, you imagine Hutchinson and Carter up there. I don't want that. I don't think any Bears fan wants that. Um, I don't think he makes it past six, but if he does and he's there at nine, that's an easy decision. I would be very upset at the Seattle Seahawks if they don't. I mean, not that it, it's better to be in Seattle because they're still in the NFC and everything like that. I wish he would just go to Arizona because then you know he's not going to matter till he gets <laughs> traded. Till he gets <laughs> traded three it years could happen, later. Although he, they're they're in a whole bad press storm right now, they, so I don't think they can afford any others. I, I was even doing this like with Will Anderson there, like it doesn't feel like just take the yeah. safe way out. Like you're you're Arizona, Seattle. Uh, we said this last week, Pete Carroll, Dan Campbell, two guys that can weather this storm. If there's any truth to anything. And Dan Campbell was even talking about like finding out the cause of why he takes plays off. So I think Dan Campbell has his answer. It is also it would also actually be more alarming if Seattle and Detroit didn't take him. Yeah, that would be. That then would be you know there's some issues, right? Like, wait yep. a minute. Yeah, you know. Then so you know there's weird. some. Yes. So it actually changes my answer a little bit, but in any event, um, what about uh, another question, Sammy? Uh, oh my God, Carrie Franklin, Adam. Here's your Angels fan. Here's your Angels from this White Sox fan. Love your passion, brother. Uh, here's to your aunt. You know what? Thank you so much. You know what? Honestly, um, that was very nice. I remember, like, I remember that 2005 team being so good. And the White Sox, you didn't really, I mean, like, yeah, whatever. Like, ah, we're gonna we're gonna steamroll these guys. And then uh the, that team was very like, oh my god, their pitching was so good. God, their pitching was so, so good. good. One of the most AJ phenomenal... was probably my favorite, though. That's the one thing that I'll never forget. And even though Angel fans will hate Doug Eddings <laughs> and why Doug Eddings continues to work postseason games, I'll never know. Um, the whole fact of like the game was still tied. You know, like there wasn't, we might not, we, we could have lost that in extra innings, but we did have Kelvin Escobar, who is a converted starter who was in the bullpen, who I think could have pitched like six innings. Nobody wants to hear this. Congratulations to the White Sox. I'm still bitter. I'm actually, one of my friends always points out, we should be more upset about 2009 when we finally swept the White Sox and then we lost to the Yankees of all teams. Like we really blew it for America. So uh, I apologize. For that. Um, <laughs> Are there any other questions, Sammy? I know we uh, we we wrote to a um, we did a lot. I, I thought we had a lot of fun, but Cal wants to know: Should we stay at nine or trade down for more picks to a quarterback-hungry team? You know, we've talked about this at great length. To me, like I'm going to put this on Ryan Poles. Like there, and Carmen has said this a lot. When you're in the top ten, you hope you're not going to be in the top ten for quite some time, and you're going to get a significant piece, especially if Will Levis and Anthony Richardson make up four guys four quarterbacks going in the top 10, then you're essentially getting a, a number five overall selection. But uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Would you be adverse to uh, trading back from, excuse me, from number nine? No, in fact, I've written about this. Um, I think it's a good possibility. If we look at uh, polls laid the, I think polls laid the foundation for what he wants to accomplish in future years by that day three last year. I don't yeah. think anybody should be shocked if he moves down. Uh, he's never shied away from making a move over the last year. He's made plenty. And whether that's trading, you know, to get more picks or trading away to acquire Claypool, the Roquan Smith trade, you know, he's made a lot of moves and he loves, he's, you know, he's made the uh, illusion of taking more at bats, taking more swings in the draft and moving down even from like nine to 11. I know, Daniel Jeremiah today talked about the Titans possibly moving up to three, which would be that'd be a big move. But if they can't get that done and you're sitting there at nine and there's Levis still on the board, which I'm, I'm with Carmen. I don't think Richardson's going to be there. I think there's going to be three that go in the top eight for sure. And then Will Levis is most likely to be there at nine out of, out of the other guys. And if he's there, I don't think it's out of the ordinary or out of the possibility to move back with a team like Tennessee or even Washington to acquire a whole heck of a lot more picks. Even if we're moving back just a couple of picks, 
or again to Washington, seven picks. I think that's going to come with some serious draft capital. Not, you know, not as much as obviously we got for the first overall pick, but I, I think it's not crazy to think that we could end up with uh, a second or a third, if not more, if we move back a few picks and still end up with a great player at 16. I think Paris Johnson might still be there at 16 as well. He's kind of all over the place uh, in a lot of different mocks, but if we could move back just a few picks, I'd do it in a heartbeat. In my mock draft with a twist, I have Paris Johnson going after the Packers pick at 16, so he could possibly be available. What would the compensation be, though, Carmen, if he if we trade like if Tampa Bay wanted to move up, for instance, would we end up with the first round pick next year from them? No, I doubt it. Uh, they can't, especially from a team like that who can't afford to give up draft capital at this point. They're, they're in cap hell and they're going to be in cap hell for the next couple of years. That's the one thing that I want to caution against because we're talking about this as it's a foregone possibility of, yeah, we can definitely move down if we want to. The Bears aren't in control of that. It depends on the board falls, who's available, who, what, what the needs are of the teams behind the Bears. You need two to tango. And so it's not up to the Bears if they get to trade down necessarily. They might be presented with that option. And I think that if it's a good value, it's not too far down, depending on how motivated those teams, whatever team it is, are, is to move up, then yeah, I could see Ryan Poles taking advantage of that. But you, there's so many nuances that go into like we just that possibility with Tampa. I mean, to, to move up that high, I mean, you're, you can't give up a first round pick if you're Tampa, but you're probably looking at one or two day two picks yeah. um, do that. But you have to also remember that the further down you go, the less, I mean, I looked at the Jimmy Johnson value chart. That's what I always go off of because I right. have that thing memorized at this point. But the further down you go, you know, the, the less ground that you make up between picks nine and 13 there's a big difference between nine and 13 and one and four for instance so i just don't think that i think that if the value is there ryan poles is going to do it because i agree with you ryan i think that he likes taking more at bats because that increases your chances and especially last year when he had a, a very limited capital to work with that made a lot of sense but this year you have to take into account the value that you have and what that player could mean to your franchise as you're building it and I just think top 10 capital, again, does not come by very often. And it's still very valuable. And, and to see which guys that you can get there, uh, it, it just depends on the board, how the board falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was more or less going off of what the Bears paid to move up for Justin Fields, going from 20 to 11. It did cost us a first-round pick, which uh, ended up turning into Kayvon Thibodeau or somebody like that. But it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that all works out. A lot of cool stuff coming up for the Chicago Bears, but it is Taco Tuesday. That means it's time to go. I uh, want to thank both of you for being here. Uh, Ryan, what do you got in the pipeline there for fan sighted? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, obviously, it's draft time, so uh, doing a lot of Bears content. Recently took over uh, doing quite a bit of Bills and now just most recently Ravens content as well. So mostly draft stuff coming up um, as is, you know, just the season. Can't wait for the draft. It's going to be a lot of a lot of draft content coming up. And, um, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. No, it's going to be amazing. Carmen, how about you with all, all your many ventures going on? <laughs> uh, well, FoxSports.com, our writers are releasing our collaborative mock tomorrow. So we all picked for the teams that we cover. So I picked mm-hmm. for the Bears, Packers, Lions, and Vikings. Check it out. It'll be out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's going to be in the newsletter. It's big. It's big fun and a lot of fun. No trades, but uh, that yeah. will be mock mock drafts will continue to happen on FoxSports.com from myself, from the other writers. But this is one that we all did together. Well, I appreciate all the work that you are doing uh, with Kevin Jackson's team there. A lot of fun at FoxSports.com. So uh, thanks to both of you for being here. Thanks to everybody who joined us here this evening. I thought this was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you comment the word "sick." It's right, sick, right there in the comments. Let us know. Obviously, if you're listening to us as an audio podcast, be sure to rate, uh, review, and also make sure that you're subscribed both to the YouTube page and uh, wherever you get your podcast. So for Carmen, oh my gosh, take J. Okay, sorry, John. Yeah, last second. Uh, take JSN this year or wait for Mark. You know what? The, the thing that I see 
with waiting for Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like there's no guarantee that you're going to finish in a spot or that Carolina is going to finish into a spot that we would get an opportunity to draft him. I would rather just maybe take both. Like what? Why not both then? Why not what about both? you, Ryan? Oh man. Watching Marvin Harrison this year at, at, at certain points, it sounds crazy, but I just said out loud, that dude could be the first overall pick. Like, what did he just do? That was ungodly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think either the Bears or maybe even the Panthers. The Panthers are still a sneaky team. They've got a sneaky core that um, could surprise They're some defense. people in a They're bad defense. division. Yeah. Yes. Their defense uh, and that division, yeah. The division yeah. sucks, yeah. But no, I don't think the Bears are going to be any in any position to take Marvin Harrison Jr. because uh, he – I mean – he and Caleb Williams could be competing up there for the number one pick, in my opinion, because I think Harrison is that good. Well, I mean, like, quite honestly, let's say Houston drafts uh, Bryce Young or whoever, who, whatever quarterback they get. And they have their court, they could be in a position like the Bears are right now, where they, although they would probably trade out of that spot, but they would still probably trade within the top five and then get all this draft capital and take Marvin Jones or Marvin Harrison Jr. So uh, I don't know. Live for now. Don't wait for tomorrow or whatever. And you need you need to evaluate Justin Fields this year. This year. Yep. Yeah. You need guys to help him this year. So yes. sorry. But no, why not both? You could still I mean, if you we're still in a position to take him next That's year, why not? But I yeah. Get Jackson Smith trade, but first. Trade trade both of our picks for him next year and see what happens. Um was there was there anything else, Sammy? Or could we or can we go now? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take that as uh, we're free to go. Thanks to everybody for being here. Uh, until next time, bear down, and we'll see you later. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. 